Jordan. Ian. Who went on a factory tour, accidentally fell into one of the machines, and now lives a happy life as a milk lid. Sam Smith? No. Two guys. What? Expecting the milk lid. That's the only thing I can think that factories make. Oh, yeah, every single factory in the world just produces milk tops. Hello, and welcome to episode 27 of Two Guys What's Up, the weekly comedy podcast where two guys use esoteric methods to determine which has the cuter laugh and which one has the heaviest ball sack. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Ian, and I am joined by the guy with both, Jordan. How are you? <laughs> I'm, I'm very good, thank you. Very good. Slightly uh, bad back because of these balls, but you know. <laughs> yeah, them heavy balls will get you every time. But it's great because I never need to buy one of those Newton's cradles for my desk. Oh, well, because you, you have got, what, six in there, so I guess they act. Exactly, I just have to widen my stance a little bit. <laughs> Your wife comes in like, oh, Jordan must be working, what are you up to? Click, click, click. Oh, oh he's fucking doing that again. again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. I'm going for the record today, wife. I'll be down in about an hour. <laughs> I love it. How are you? Uh, I'm all right, thank you. Speaking of balls, I'm sweating my balls off. I'm sat in my bedroom. Nice. I can't put my fan on. I've had to close the window so that there is no noise from the outside world leaking into our marvellous masterpiece that we are creating today. <laughs> oh, it goes without saying, of course. I am boiling. I, I'm literally dripping like my head is just soggy. I'm a big soggy-headed mess. Oh, delicious. <laughs> it is, as we speak, nearly 22 degrees in the room I'm currently sat in. I haven't got a thermometer in here, so I couldn't tell you. <laughs> it, it just broke. <laughs> if I was to hazard a guess, I'd say, I don't know, probably somewhere in the region of 48 degrees Celsius. Okay, that's all right. It's a child's play. Yeah, it's just like being in the Sahara. <laughs> just less sandy, yeah. <laughs> but I like the sand because it goes in your bum crack. <laughs> Each to their own, Jordan. Yes, yes, yeah. I shouldn't put others down for their preferences. That is totally fine. Everyone's different, and that's how the world works. Beach to their own? That's what my therapist keeps telling me to repeat. <laughs> So I'm super excited because remember a couple of weeks ago, I mentioned that I got my uni pizza oven. I remember that well, yes. I've been dreaming about it every night. Well, I decided to get an upgrade. So I actually ended up selling that. Oh, no way. And for an extra £50, I have the biggest one. <laughs> It has a higher temperature. It's obviously got a bigger stone itself. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. I love it. So what is the size that you can create now? So it's up to a 16-inch pizza. Bloody hell. Which, if you remember from previous facts episode, is bigger than two 12-inch pizzas. I remember that, yeah. Very, very well. There you go. We're not just a pretty face here on this podcast. <laughs> or a pretty face. It did make me think, though, about how we both create our pizzas. Because, of course, I know that you don't have a Noonie pizza oven, but you you do yep. often create pizzas at home. I do. And I honestly can't recall what your method is because my method over the past 10 years has morphed and changed. I've picked up other kind of ideas from the internet. Yeah. And I kind of want to just quickly trade pizza recipes, if you don't mind. And anyone that's maybe interested in making their own pizza, grab a little pen and paper and go to town. Well, you're probably going to be slightly disappointed. I mean, I often am, but that's okay. <laughs> Only by me or just in general? At least yourself. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Uh, well, as I've mentioned before, you know I am a terrible cook. It's technically not cooking, it's baking, isn't it? Okay, see, that's just how bad I am. That's a true testament to just how terrible I am at it. I don't even know the difference. What I meant is I am terrible in the kitchen, uh, you know, heating food until it's edible. Cave bad food fire. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even that far, mate. I'm, I'm, the one that's, I'm the one in the background that's screaming at the fire because I'm scared of what it is. You're on that evolution photograph. You're right yeah. on the far left. Yeah, I'm the bottom one. You're just off screen. <laughs> 
I've got a t-shirt that has that evolution of man and at the end it's a drummer oh, so I'm, I'm both ends so I'm, I'm the very first one but I'm the, I'm the very last one too so that's pretty cool I guess brilliant just nothing in the middle no happy medium <laughs> fair enough yep either extreme that's Ian for you so what I do normally well what I used to do was because my mum was the one that always made dough when I lived at home when I moved out what I would do is go to a supermarket and get one of those dough mixes that's like cheddar cheese and onion oh yeah or it could be like sun-dried tomato or something that's the one yeah that, that was the one I always used to get and uh, I just add water let it rise and then, then I've got two dough balls ready to go Nice. But failing that nowadays, because the shop that I used to go to and the one that's closest to me has stopped selling them. Bastards. Exactly. My parents have a dough maker. (laughs) That's called your (laughs) mum. We call her the dough machine. (laughs) (laughs) That is her birth name. But my parents, every Friday, as Friday is normally pizza day in our house nice my parents text me and say do you want some dough this weekend and i either say yes or no yeah either logical option got it (laughs) and they whip it up in their dough maker so they make it from scratch so they just use the the water flour yeast yeah and stick it in and just give it a blend and let it rise and and they give us some dough which is really cool and it's always really nice uh one thing that i don't know or you won't be able to do i don't know if you used to do this before you had your super high-tech special amazing pizza oven (laughs) is i get the the base and I roll it out and I put it on the pizza tray and I, I bake that first, give it give it a little prick with a fork, bake it first so it's always going to be easier to get off the tray because a little tip and technique that I picked up was about maybe 10 minutes from finished, you take it off the tray so it, it allows the, the base to crisp up properly. Yep, got you. Because otherwise it could be underdone, couldn't it? By the time the toppings are burnt. Yes, and there is nothing worse than trying to get the pizza off and getting halfway through so you have to follow through and then it's scraping and ripping and then you finally get it off and all the middle middle toppings just fall through onto the base of the oven. <laughs> Do you reckon because it's so underdone, that's why you keep following through? <laughs> Possibly, yeah. <laughs> the food poisoning <laughs> rounds has not ended with me. It's oh. followed me home. <laughs> the human toilet. <laughs> grim sorry i'm interrupting i apologize no no well that's about the end of my pizza escapades so please uh feel free to tell me your fantastic routine and regime so just to summarize you either use a packet or your mum correct <laughs> that's amazing i was really hoping you had some a bit of like scales to work with in terms of you need x amount of flour x amount of water that's brilliant god no i i cannot fathom that sort of stuff okay there is no recipe or potion brew that i have in order to make any kind of dough so it's mum to the rescue do you do you add any love juice though that's the thing oh you always got to add your love juice mate okay is that before is that in the dough is that a topping that's after or maybe both oh it's definitely after because i don't want my parents adding it <laughs> It's definitely a a post my collection thing. So I'm like, yeah, cheers. I'll be honest, I was thinking more from the store-bought packet than from your parents. Oh, okay, right. <laughs> well, either or, you know, if it's from the shop, then it's going to be some random, isn't it? I don't want that. That's amazing. There's got to be someone I at least know. <laughs> I was more thinking that you added that extra, not that the store did. <laughs> Love it. Okay, so I feel like I'm really overdoing it now, then. I'll explain to you mine. Essentially, pizza dough is just water, flour, and salt. And yeast. Uh, and yeast, of course, yeah. Water, flour, salt, and yeast. God, are you, are you supposed to be the specialist? <laughs> I just use a packet. <laughs> <laughs> or my mum. Yeah, yeah. 
this, I'm sure there's a your mum joke, but we're not going to go there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I actually, in the past year or two, I've started using Poolish starters. Yeah, you texted me that the other day, and I, I kind of texted you back, just being like, "Oh, that's so cool," but I had no clue what you were talking about. So please feel free to enlighten me. <laughs> so do you understand what a Poolish is? Um, is it somebody that misread the word Polish? I mean, it could be. Is it made from swimming pool water? Yes. Got it. You need to have a pool in your back garden. <laughs> right. No, Polish, it's essentially a very high hydration, yeast-cultured, pre-fermented dough. Right. I mean, it is impossible to work with with your hands. So what you do is you create a poolish, which is... Oh, I think I know where you're going. Is this where you put the dough in, on the table and you, you put the, everything in the middle and you kind of mix it in and fold it? No, I mean, you could do that. So basically, I just get a container, a big container, right. something with a tight-fitting lid. Mm-hmm. My recipe for the poolish is I had 300 grams of water, a half sachet of dried yeast, so about a half teaspoon, and then a half teaspoon of sugar or honey. Yep. And then that gets mixed up so everything's evenly distributed. And then I add in equal amounts of flour so 300 grams of water 300 grams of flour that all gets mixed up evenly it stays in the in the container you put the lid on you leave it covered at room temperature for an hour Mm -hmm. and then you leave that in the fridge for 24 hours maybe even a bit longer if you want to and that creates this bubbly pre-fermented dough basically so it's what we call a hundred percent hydration rate there's the same amount of water to flour ratio i don't know what you're talking talking about but continue (laughs) okay so uh, pizza doughs can be referenced as whatever percent hydration rate and all it means is if it's 100 percent hydration it means there's equal amounts water to flour so you could reduce the hydration so you have more flour than water and, and so on i see so basically that's that's proving away in the fridge and the kind of longer you leave it, probably a max of four or five days, otherwise it'll just, it'll die. It'll go to sourdough, would it? Basically, yeah. So it, it, you pre-ferment it, it turns into a kind of a sourdough, but it's not quite that far. Right, right. And because it's pre-fermented, it's meant to help digestion and it introduces more flavour and, and so on. I see. Anyway, long story short, the next day I take this pre-fermented dough, I add a bit more water to it and flour, a little bit of salt and olive oil, and that becomes eventually my dough. Delicious. So that ends up getting then kneaded. And it doesn't need a whole lot because it's already mostly pre-fermented. And then... I guess you would need it because it forms the base of the pizza, doesn't it? (laughs) Beautiful. (laughs) Great A comedy. Oh, yeah. 27 episodes in and we're still kicking. Here we go. So then uh, you divide them all up into individual balls, put them into a a container to prove again, and then you use them. So that is my my dough recipe. So I feel like I've gone way over the top compared to pack it on my mum. (laughs) I was going to say, mine's ready in half an hour, mate. Yours can take up to like five days. But worth the wait. I mean, the other really cool thing, I don't know if you know this, Ian, but say you create your dough. If you have it with a view to use it in four or five days, Mm -hmm. the time is what does the kneading. Oh, interesting. You could roughly mix everything, leave it to one side, in the fridge, of course, and then you've got kind of ready-made dough whenever you want it. Oh, cool. I did not know that. Which is really handy. So it might be worth trying that at some point because it's the least amount of effort. You have to probably do less effort than your packet. I will get my mum on that. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm sure you will. So that is my pizza dough recipe. So for anyone that was interested there, amazing. Anyone that wasn't, I do apologise. Do you want to stick the recipe in the show notes? I can do if someone is actually interested. Yeah, just in case, you know, never know. Yeah, fair enough. And if you do, by the way, please do share us some of your pictures. Absolutely, yeah. Send me pictures of pizza. Of your finished dough, not just the balls. Yeah, <laughs> don't send us balls. <laughs> Yeah, enough of Jordan sent me them. Look how I've done 10 today, look. <laughs> I was thinking more of Newton's cradle, but there you go. <laughs> anyway, what on earth are we going to be talking about today, Ian? Today, I am going to be going back to basics and telling you a good old-fashioned alien abduction story. Mm, okay. I thought that would be best in light of recent times of all UFO leaks. I thought it would be very nice to just go back and, and tell a good old-fashioned UFO abduction story, you know? Perfect. What have you got coming up for us today, Jordan? That was slightly musical and slightly weird at the same time. That's what they, that's what they call me. Slightly <laughs> musical and slightly weird. That's how I'm known around these parts. It was almost like your voice was clipping to an auto-tune, but there wasn't one that was there. That was the weirdest experience. I Yeah, I get what you mean. <laughs> it was like auto-tune gone wrong. What have you got coming up for us today, Jordan? I'll try to never do it again. Okay. <laughs> Hey, I'm not against it. It's fine. You do you. Okie dokie. That's very kind of you. That's what my therapist says. Anyway, <laughs> so you don't know what I'm planning today, and I'm not 100% sure it's really going to work, but we'll see. Brilliant. We're going to try. So the second half, this might just be one ginormous failure. Potentially, but by no means any worse than episode 22. I was going to say this is your version of episode 22, <laughs> isn't it? We'll find out. <laughs> Stay tuned, guys. Yeah, oh, yeah. So we're going to try Mad Libs. Okay. Are you familiar with that? I've heard of that. Okay. I've heard it, but I can't quite recall what it is. So basically, it's like a story word game where one person, for example, me, prompts you for a list of words to substitute for blanks in an unread story. Okay. Then these word substitutions are hopefully a humorous effect and the resulting story is then read aloud. Brilliant. We'll see what happens, but I think it should be a bit of fun. Yeah, fantastic. That sounds great. I've had a similar idea in the past where every single time I get out of the car, if I turn the ignition off and it's like halfway through a sentence on like a podcast I'm listening to, I always try and finish it with something like the first word that comes to my head. It's like baguettes were... Yeah, uh, stinky, you know. <laughs> exactly. I've always tried to figure out a way that we could incorporate that into the podcast for like a little segment, but I'm not quite sure how it would work because I couldn't actually show you audio, yeah. if that makes sense. It might sound a little bit weird, but so this this is a, a, a fantastic substitute for that, so that, I can't <laughs> wait to hear that. Your idea, because you can't hear what you're talking about, it'd just be you shouting out random things <laughs> like you've got Tourette's. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stinky! <laughs> Amazing. All right, Ian, I'm ready to hear about some UFO alien abductions. Okie dokie, let's jump into it then. Beautiful. So, Jordan, have you ever heard of Antonio Villas Boas? I have never heard of Antonio Villas Boas. Brilliant. You're in for a treat then. Oh, I love treats. So, Antonio was a Brazilian farmer, and on October 15th, 1957, while 23 year old Antonio was working late into the night to avoid the scorching daytime Brazilian temperatures plowing his fields, happily bobbing away to NSYNC, naturally, <laughs> he removed his AirPods. <laughs> What? No, no. I have learned to not care about what other people do or think or say. <laughs> I just want to know how he got AirPods in 1957. Uh, is he a time traveller too? <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> That's not where this story's going. That was last week. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
as he removed his airpods, he noticed a spooky light in the sky, what he described as a red star just hanging there. As he watched it, to his horror, it started to descend, and as his object drew closer, he could make out the shape of the craft. He described it as an egg-shaped with a rotating copula on top, and for anyone that doesn't know, a copula is a dome that is usually seen on top of buildings, usually sat on top of bigger roofs that is used as lookouts or for airflow and such things. Got you. Like classic UFO. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Dome on top, but this one wasn't like a flat disc, it was like eggy. Oh, like their almond eyes. Yeah, much like their occupant's eyes, yeah. <laughs> Scrambled. <laughs> I guess it would be after light years of travel, wouldn't you? You'd be knackered. It'd be like looking at a computer screen for like hours. It's like what you were saying a few weeks ago about really needing the toilet. Imagine needing it for that journey and there wasn't one. Exactly, yeah. That's where I come in. <laughs> yeah, kneeling down. <laughs> Mouth wide open, blindfold on. <laughs> Tip jar at the road, just yeah. in case. So our pal Boas was watching this thing as it was preparing to land, and then he got the bright idea of, uh, um, yeah, I should probably run away. So he decided to flee from the scene just as fast as he could, so naturally, as you would, Boas attempted to escape using the slowest thing he could find and jumped on his tractor. <laughs> Amazing, yeah, brilliant. <laughs> it's like, oh, I should really get away. Oh, I'll crawl. Oh, I'll, I'll do the worm. <laughs> I'll shut my eyes and walk backwards, it's fine. <laughs> He made it a very short distance away, and then, as we hear in so many UFO encounters, the vehicles... Uh, Excuse me. You are excused. I'll start that again. No, it's perfect. Perfect. (laughs) You alright? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) F*** off. Don't you start. (laughs) I will will throw these headphones at you. (gasps) I'll hit you. I'm not listening to you anymore. (laughs) He made it a very short distance away when, as we hear so often in UFO encounters, the vehicle's lights and engine were suddenly inexplicably rendered useless. Okay. Undeterred, he thought, "Bucks, I guess I'll just have to use these stupid things glued to my waist and continue to try and escape on foot. Unfortunately, because he tried to make a getaway on the one thing that travelled five miles an hour, one of the beings had caught up with him by this time and Boas was captured. A super creepy humanoid. What the f*** is that? <laughs> It's my dog. I'm just about to sell him. The The buyer's just arrived. (laughs) Yeah, poor guy. So a super creepy humanoid figure standing around five foot tall, dressed in grey overalls and wore a helmet with small blue eyes was shouting at him, but not using words, but emitting noises that resembled barks or yelps. Three more of the bastard beings joined the first one in subduing our pal Boas and forcibly took him aboard their craft. So what are you thinking so far, Jordan? Sound about right? Uh, yeah, it sounds like my normal Tuesdays. Yeah, pretty standard stuff, innit? Imagine how you'd feel if this is what you always experienced, though. You'd get really pissed off at some point. I'd be thinking I really need to stop trying my tractor. <laughs> yeah, I might invest in a car. Yeah, <laughs> or just run <laughs> That's true. in the first place. <laughs> so once inside the craft, Boa says he was stripped off of all of his clothes and covered in a strange gel-like substance, which he thinks, absolutely bizarrely, because I have no idea how he would have any inclination of this, was maybe to protect him from the atmosphere of the craft. Mm. He was then led into a semicircular room through a doorway adorned with unusual red symbols which Boas later claimed to have memorized and was actually able to reproduce for investigators. Right, okay. In this room, the beings collected blood samples from the most obvious place any spacefaring hyperintelligent alien would ever try to collect blood from a soft human from. Oh no. His chin. Oh, a sigh of relief there. Yeah, I bet you didn't see that coming, did you? Oh, uh, it could have been worse. <laughs> it's very well. Yeah. <laughs> it's like looking at him like, where's the best place you think? So like, I don't know, that pointy bit at the bottom? 
Yeah, it's good for that. Because there's no skin there. Well, there is skin. Well, there is skin, but I mean, there's no there's no fleshy bits. You know, like to like to get anything in to extract to getting straight into bone. Yeah, there's maybe this like chinned him and let him pour out into a cup or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go to the fucking table. <laughs> What's this fucking punching bag? <laughs> Poor guy. Poor guy, yeah. He was then taken to a separate room where he was left alone for approximately 30 minutes. During this time, he was exposed to a gas that caused him to violently throw up. But I have an idea why they did this. Everyone else would be thinking, what a strange thing to do. I wonder why they randomly did that to the poor guy. But I know why, Jordan. I have the answers. Of course you do. Right, and this is going to sound strange, right? But hear me out. They were trying to stop him having a whack. Honestly, right, I have I have my reasons. Think about it, right? Guy on his own, in a room, unsupervised, nothing to do. <laughs> got half an hour spare. He's going to get bored. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what do most guys do when they get bored? They go, guess I'll have a wank then. <laughs> oh, sorry, I was just doing it. Sorry. You, got, you had half an hour spare, didn't you? <laughs> do you reckon he's still full of, like, gloopy glue? Possibly, which, you know, he'd probably just think, well, at least I'm lubed. <laughs> But he's not he's not gonna do that, is he? If this time is taking up by throwing up the entire contents of his stomach. Yeah, that's true. You've certainly thought about this. Well, there is a reason. I'm not just being freaky. <laughs> I know what you're thinking. I'm just being typical dirty-minded Ian, but there is reasoning behind my insane theories. My mind is just dirty enough to see the truth. For you see, shortly after Bo's finished throwing up, he says he was joined in the room, which must have stunk a puke by the way, by another humanoid, but this one was female. He said she was proper mega well fit, and to his surprise, she was fully nude. That was a real quote as well, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Typical Brazilian slang, isn't it? Proper mega well fit. Brilliant, yeah. So she was attractive. Yeah, yeah, essentially, yeah, that's what he was trying to say, I think. Must be a translation error. She had small pointed chin, large blue cat-like eyes, and long white hair on her head, while her pubic regions were bright red. Oh, okay. The hair, the hair, not just the areas. Oh, okay, yeah. So the carpets didn't match the curtains. Do you reckon that was dye? Possibly, they're trying to make her look well fit. Which one do you reckon was dyed? Uh, probably the head. Do you think? Yeah. What makes you say the head? Well, it's going to be harder to dye pubes, isn't it? I don't know. It's a smaller region. Yeah, but the hair's not right for it. <laughs> Why have you tried? <laughs> no. <laughs> Shut up. Don't judge me. I don't judge people anymore. My therapist taught me out of that. <laughs> anyway, come. He's a good therapist, this guy. <laughs> So, Boas described feeling a strong attraction to the female, and the two started engaging in some naughty adult time, the kind that babies are the result of. But strangely, instead of kissing, the female supposedly nibbled Boas on the chin. Couldn't tell you why. No reason. That's where they they uh, took the blood from. Ah, she had a blood fetish. Yeah. That's it. Creepy bitch. Dirty cow. Yeah, I haven't even got a strange sexual theory on that one. Baffled even me. Finally broken Ian. (laughs) (laughs) I'm dead. (laughs) But once they had finished, the female smiled at Boas, rubbed her belly and gestured upward, implying that she intended to raise their child in space. The female seemed somewhat relieved that their task was over and Boas said he felt angry, feeling he was perceived as nothing more than a good stallion for the aliens. She was proper mega fit, though. (laughs) So after all this was done, Bose was then giving his clothing back and was given a tour of the ship. During the tour, he said he attempted to take a bizarre device as evidence of his encounter, but he was unfortunately caught and prevented from doing so. Caught by who? The aliens. Not a copper. There's not going to be like a a bobby stood (laughs) on the corner. (laughs) Well, 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 what's going on here? Right, man, you put that back now, lad. So finally, he was escorted off the ship and he witnessed its departure. 
Upon returning home, Bose realised that four hours had elapsed during his absence, which makes no difference because I don't recall him saying how long he perceived himself being on the ship, and I don't even recall him saying a time that he went on it, so, I mean, it could have been ten years for all I know. Yeah, possibly. That baby would have been raised by now. Exactly. I suppose it depends how long it takes. Uh... I think it's nine months generally. Ah, but we're talking alien babies. Okay. Uh, well, actually, alien human hybrid babies. Very true, yeah. Which is a topic for another day. It could be ten years until birth. That'd be one giant baby. It would. Maybe it just grows really slowly. Oh, possibly. Imagine the morning sickness for ten years. I'm pretty sure we could speculate all day on this. <laughs> yeah, maybe we probably better not. <laughs> so, in later years, Boas became a lawyer, got married and had kids. He maintained his account of his alleged alien abduction throughout his life and passed away on January 17th, 1991. So Jordan, what do you make of this story so far? I mean, at the moment, there's no real evidence that's just somebody's word for an interesting story. Well, my friend, do I have a treat for you? Because here it comes. Yes, you got the alien baby hybrid. I do. Let's bring it in now. (laughs) Brilliant. So there are some additional compelling factors that might sway you towards becoming a believer in this story. After the alleged event, Bosch reported experiencing symptoms such as nausea, weakness, headaches, and peculiar skin lesions that appeared without any signs of bruising. Okay. A gentleman named Olavo Fontes from the National School of Medicine of Brazil was consulted, and after checking him out, he suggested that Boas might have been exposed to a significant amount of radiation from an unknown source, resulting in mild radiation sickness, oh. which ain't coming from a broken tractor. Could be that gas, though. Possibly. Well, that, that would prove the alien encounter then, wouldn't it? I don't know. It just could be his carbon monoxide going wrong. What, giving him radiation poisoning? <laughs> that would be some carbon monoxide, wouldn't it? <laughs> Brutal. Boas demonstrated the ability to vividly recall every detail of experience without the need for hypnotic regression. This aspect adds credibility to his account as it indicates a consistent and coherent narrative. So it's not as if he was knocked out and he's dreaming it and he's just saying it and it changes every time. He's just sticking to his story continuously. Yes, like a good lie. <laughs> yeah, like he's really practiced it. <laughs> so it is also worth noting that Boas's encounter took place in 1957, several years before the well-known Hill abduction, which played a significant role in popularizing the concept of alien abduction, and what followed were numerous other reports of similar experiences. So this chronology this chronology leads, sorry, this chronology lends the support that the notion this chronology lends support to the notion that Are Boas you okay? F*** off, I was getting it then. (laughs) This chronology lends support to the notion that Boas' story was not influenced by the subsequent influx of abduction narratives, making it an independent and potentially significant case in the field of UFO encounters. And lastly, Jordan, the ultimate piece of evidence... I am that baby, Villas Boas, my Earth dad, and Catalina Pointychin, the alien, my space mum, made that faithful night. So there's your proof. Suck my alien balls. (laughs) Oh, so you're not a lizard, you're just some alien creep. Yeah. <laughs> I told you I wasn't a lizard. I was all leading up to revealing the truth today that I am, in fact, part crazy cat alien. Cat alien? Yeah. That was just an absolute reject, so they just stuck me on Earth and they were like, eh, we'll try again. Bang! Pop me out the craft. <laughs> yeah. I was like, mummy, mummy, where are we going? So, oh, yeah, we're just going to go and visit your dad for a bit. I was like, okay. Then, uh, just go in that escape pod a second. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, wow, look, there's there's Daddy's tractor. Why don't you go and have a play on that? And then I turn around, they're like, bye, drifting off into space. Oh, I sort of feel really sorry for you. Ah, it's all right, you know. Uh, they come back and visit sometimes. Not often. Yeah, mainly just to scare the hell out of me because they know they freak me out. <laughs> Potentially you scare the hell out of them too. Well, hopefully. <laughs> they're like, oh, let's go see. Oh, f***ing hell. Oh, God, he's gotten uglier. <laughs> 
they came back to like take me back they're like we should really go get him and they come and see me laying in bed my belly hanging out (laughs) (laughs) snoring my head off they're like oh yeah let's just fucking leave him here fucking hell that was certainly no stallion seed (laughs) anyway so that is the story of anthony villas boas it's a very interesting and very popular story but i thought it might be good to go through it with all the all the ufo stuff that's coming out recently yeah of course yeah it seems to be hot topics lately doesn't it it's so weird yeah I just thought I'd tell that story just as a reminder that aliens are not our friends. They take you onto ships, they bang you, and then they chuck you out after making you throw up for half an hour. I do wonder what that whole gas thing was about, really. Yeah, I'm pretty sure my theory is correct. I can't argue with that, to be fair. (laughs) Brilliant. Right then, Jordan, I am very intrigued to try this, uh, what's it called? Mad Libs? That's the one! Nice. Hit me! I'm excited. So here's what's going to happen. I'm going to ask you for a variety of silly words. Okay. Basically, straight off the top of your head, it could be nouns, verbs, adjectives, etc. And when you provide said words, Mm -hmm. I'll write them down in some blank spaces within this little mini story. So the purpose of why is because I'll place them into the short scene, which for now will remain a mystery until the moment that we hear it. Brilliant. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to send you the finished script for us to read and reenact line for line. Okay. And we'll act out this very dramatic ad lib scene together. Brilliant. Makes sense? Oh uh, yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it might be really shit yet, so we'll see. <laughs> okay. Let me just get my list. So, could you give me the name of a cute puppy? Snugglebum. Snugglebum, perfect. Spelled S-C-H-N, snuggle, snugglebum. Snuggle, love it, excellent. That's actually, it's quite cute, to be fair. Yep, yep. A silly, random word. Bagel. Perfect, okay. An adjective. Um, sweaty, just like I am right now. Nice. Sweaty, lovely. A type of profession, but plural. Uh, farmers. Farmers. Yeah. And a type of 80s technology. Synth. Perfect. Give me something you could buy on eBay. Um, a bike. What would you shout if you saw a spider crawling up your leg? Uh, holy bastard, help me. (laughs) Holy bastard, help me. (laughs) A type of relative. Cousin. Uh, Give me an old-fashioned woman's name. Uh, Dorothy. Uh, Give me a a random number. Fourteen. And a random object, but plural. Chopsticks. Chopsticks it is. You're doing really well, by the way. Thank you. Give me a light swear word that maybe a primary school child would use. Oh, bum. Give me a fictional character name. Uh, Percy Jackson. Percy Jackson. (laughs) I am so excited to see where this goes. (laughs) I'm hoping it will work. Well, let's see. Give me something you'd find in a kitchen. A knife. Give me another random number. 75. And a celebrity name. Aston Kutcher. Not heard of him for a while. Yeah, I can see yourself looking. <laughs> Give me a verb ending with ing. Cattle prodding. <laughs> okay. Give me another adjective. Sniffing. A plural of animals. Unicorns. Two more questions. Give me another verb ending in ing. Um, pinching. Pinching what? Nipples. Great. <laughs> Naturally. <laughs> and could you give me a favourite song lyric? Favourite song lyric. Don't overthink it, just top of your head. Come on, Eileen. Poor Eileen. She likes it. <laughs> Maybe she does. <laughs> okay. I have written these in, Ian. Brilliant. I'm going to send them to you now. <laughs> this is, this is going to be awful. <laughs> 
<laughs> we'll find out. Oh dear. I'm excited. The sad fact is this required so much effort. <laughs> <laughs> okay. If there is one thing I've learned, by the way, it's um less effort, more payout with doing research and stuff like that. So I mean like episode twenty two when we did that, sorry to reference it again, I'm sure you're sick to death of it, but so much effort went into that and it turned out so bad. Yeah. Well, hey, we'll see. Okay. This is getting sent to you. It contains both our lines and you're to read the blue text. Okay, right, I've got it. Ready? Let's not jump ahead and we'll just kind of read it as it comes. Okie dokie. Beginning scene. Good evening, Schnugglebum. Special Director Bagel, it's good to see you again. I'm here with your next mission. A criminal organisation of the world's most sweaty farmers hacked <laughs> into the government since, stealing their top secret report on bicycles. <laughs> Holy bastard, help me. <laughs> I understand your reaction. The group also kidnapped your cousin Dorothy and is holding her for a ransom of 14 chopsticks. <laughs> where, where the bum am I going to get 14 chopsticks? I don't know. But we have to move fast. I have a plan. I'll meet up with the group disguising myself as Percy Jackson. (laughs) As what, sir? Percy Jackson. So far, I'm on board. If they attack, I'll fight back with a knife. Great. Take this disc. It contains sensitive information that might help. What's on the disc? 75 photos of Ashton Kutcher cattle prodding. (laughs) Holy b****. Help me! I've already contacted the team of sniffing unicorns to help. You're the best agent we have. How do you prepare for such tense missions? By waking up every morning, going up on my roof, and pinching my nipples and repeating my own personal mantra. Come on, Eileen! End <laughs> scene. <laughs> oh, that was good. No, I enjoyed that. More of that, please. That was short and sweet, wasn't it? <laughs> Well done on your lovely acting skills there, Ian. Thank you very much. I got a B in drama at school, so... I think you got an A in this one. Ah, oh, finally got my A. Thank you very much. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, no, that was brilliant. More of that. More of that was great. Perfect. I mean, the listeners might be thinking, no, no, not more of that. Less, <laughs> yeah. much less of that, please. Please let us know at home if you enjoyed that. It was, like Jordan says, very short and sweet, but that was great. I loved it. Oh, dear. Excellent. Maybe that's just going to be something for you and me to do in our spare time, if no one (laughs) liked it. (laughs) Some randomer that we meet. Oh, so what is it you do? Oh, I talk into a microphone and occasionally in my spare time I'd I'd do weird Mad Libs. Yeah, with with my (laughs) co-host. And they just start walking off. We do half an hour of kissing. (laughs) (laughs) Then we do some Mad Libs. Perfect, yeah. What a way to spend your day. Brilliant. Absolutely. Right, well, uh, does that about bring us to the end of today? I think we will finish that there, yes. Fantastic. I loved it. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of Two Guys What's Up. If you would like to get in touch, have an idea you'd like us to research, have something read out on a future episode, or if you just want to say hi, you can find all the links to our socials where you can reach us at twoguyswhatsup.com, which will be linked in the description of this episode for your clickety-clicking pleasure. Oh yeah. Don't forget to follow the show wherever you listen to us so you don't miss another episode and maybe even tell a friend. Take your friend into a dark corner and play Mad Libs with them. <laughs> just write a script. Come up with some random words. And then send it to us so we can read it out. Oh, yes. And don't forget, we now have a Patreon, where you can currently find our newest piece of Two Guys What's Up merchandise. And what might that be, Ian? T-shirts. Nice. Which are absolutely beautiful. I'm wearing mine right now. I can't take it off. 
it's not the fact that they won't come off. Don't worry, you can take them off and wash them. I just think mine is absolutely gorgeous, and I hope you will too. With all these tiers comes a personal shout-out and a thank you on the podcast, starting from just £3. Mm. So if you like what we're doing and you want to help support us, you can do that over there at patreon.com forward slash two guys what's up. But if you can't, or you just don't want to, but you'd still like to help us out, then a five-star rating and review in the Apple Podcast app would go a long way to help us out, and we would be eternally grateful. That we will. But on that note, thank you for listening. Have an amazing week, guys, and we will see you next Monday. Bye-bye. First time I've ever got an A. Yay.